podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. No, the first time I ran your ad, Jamie, someone got mad at me for um, doing a volume check on them because they turned it up really loud to be able to hear it. And then I came in with my intro and uh, yeah, it was bad. What can I say? I'm an agent of chaos. I don't know a better way to start. Like I know I'm supposed to like roll the intro music and do the, uh, screw it. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Monday, and what a glorious Monday it is. The dead zone, the dead season, our time without college football is officially over. We will have games on the television this coming weekend. Look, I know it's all non-Big 12, and the best thing we get is probably Vanderbilt, Hawaii, Yes, that's a slide at Northwestern Nebraska and Ireland. I did not forget about whatever the hell that thing is. Why would we send that to... What did Ireland do to us that we're sending them Nebraska Northwestern? Like, that's just mean. It's just mean. Uh, why is this Monday glorious? It's it's actually not because college football has finally returned. It is because my chaos agent and uh, our other fellow podcaster, because I don't have a clever intro for him the at, the perfect, at this particular moment... It's been a long weekend, okay? I, I literally got here as quickly as I could. Uh, are back. That's right. The three of us are back. Your college football 10-12 podcast trio of insanity. I am, of course, Philip Slavin. I think I mentioned that. I don't know at this point because I've gone into blackout mode. Uh, also with me, that is the agent of chaos you have heard, Jamie Steyer Johnson. Yeah, I forgot to start my own recording. Sorry. I forgot everything. But I'm remembering slowly what's this show again are you recording right now i'm about to you're just gonna have to deal with the worst audio for a second okay hold on ready okay i'm recording now so if you just noticed a market improvement that's it i need a better headphone or headset too well microphone that's the word i was looking for in case you're all wondering what you sign up for today, <laughs> this is it. I have a bad feeling it's not going to get any better. Uh, also joining us, that is that third guy I mentioned, uh, also known as uh, the host of the Rock Chalk podcast, Andy Mitz. Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised that you didn't, um, I don't know, do some sort of like reference to me being an eternal optimist when it comes to Kansas football. But because, um, yeah, I don't know why. I just it's it's a sickness. I think sickness is a better uh, word for it than optimist. Eternal optimist feels like a nice way to put it. Um, I don't know. A psychopathic, uh, insane person who with just unrealistic expectations. You, you think they're going to a bowl game. Andy, look, I am I am trying to today. We're gonna, I'm going to do my best to play the like, I don't want to just like make all the stupid Kansas is bad. Ha ha Texas jokes. But like. You can't set me up for that there. That's not a it's not a good way to, to set start the show off. Okay, wait, wait, wait. It's your fault, okay, that I even made that prediction in the first place. I mean, come on. 
you wanted bold predictions at the beginning of the year. And I, uh, look, do I do I? I'm gonna Google search the definition of the word bold, and then I'm gonna Google search the definition of the word insanity, and we're gonna see which one better fits. There is overlap. Okay, word. there is overlap. To be fair, the definition of insanity is doing the fair. same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And at this point, the definition of insanity would be expecting Texas to win. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> I like different result would be my bold predictions not paying off because how long did I was I on that Kansas Texas, you know, drum there like before it actually happened? So Seriously. The Texas and Kansas State fans have already abandoned this episode of the podcast. Let's see how many fan bases we can kick off before the end of the actual show. All right. Um, do I have a rundown of things to talk about tonight? <laughs> kind of. Uh, will we get to all of them? Will we get to any of them? Who the heck knows? I'm Who just, knows? Look, <laughs> I'm so glad talking season is basically almost over. Like, technically, we get games. We're still two weeks out, but we do get week zero games. I've said this on a previous pod. I'm going to ask you guys because you're both here now. Um, you know, part of the Big 12's whole younger, hipper, cooler that Brett Yarmark is pitching, um, in my opinion, means you're going to have to get creative, right? We want to get creative. We want to do things differently. It's all about pushing the brand. The Big 10 is a brand. Yes, it has brands that are schools in it, but it is a brand unto itself. The SEC is a brand. They are very well-known brands. I think they are going to be more well-known than even the Big 12, Pac-12, and the ACC. If you ask randos, they're going to be able to name the SEC and the Big 10 first for you unless they are fans of the college athletics, right? So they are brands you want to build the Big 12 or whatever you're going to call it because at a certain point, if this really does add four more schools out west or wherever, we got to come up with a new name because I don't... The Big 12 isn't a brand and, and Big 10's already got the big lockdown. Let's find something new. But this is massively diverging me off of the highway of the point that I was trying to get to. Week zero is this coming Saturday. And look, I know coaches aren't going to like it and I get all that. Week zero at this point is a Big 10 conference game, which is usually two bad Big 10 games, a bunch of FCS, and then like I said, Vanderbilt, Hawaii, which is just sicko mode awesome i cannot wait to watch week one used to be this like glorious starting kickoff of college football and it seems like more and more teams are moving their best games off of week one and week get one's getting a little bit like man like don't get me wrong i love that the backyard brawl is back it's on thursday night oklahoma state central central michigan it's interesting it's thursday night tcu colorado another power five matchup it's friday night saturday's whole entire lineup for the big 12 is seven games where unless you're a diehard college football fan, you can't tell me which ones are FCS and which ones are FBS. Sorry, UTEP. Sorry, Louisiana Monroe. That may sound insulting, but you'd lose a lot of games to a lot of FCS teams if you had to actually play in the Missouri Valley. So I want the Big 12 to stake a claim in week zero and week one and treat them like they actually matter, like they matter from a branding standpoint. And I know that the Big 12 doesn't control scheduling and schools do, and it's a hard sell, and I get all of that. But if you really want to start building the brand, you have to find a way to give yourself attention when nobody else is asking for it. The Pac-12's got their after dark stuff, which everybody hates, I get it, but it matters. Maction isn't quite going to be what it used to, even though I still love it. Thursday night's no longer allowed to be the college football night because the NFL is taking it over more and more. Friday's always difficult because you're up against high school football. So if you can't pick a night, why not pick two weekends? Why not take week zero and put a couple of games on there that makes you actually go, oh, no, 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 no. This is our official kickoff. These are two good games. Or it's at least two interesting games. More interesting than anything that's on that slate for week zero right now. And I'd be happy to read it off for you if you really want me to know through all that. And then week one, Put something on there that gets us excited. And that even means, I know the Big Ten is the only one who likes to do it. Give me a week one Big 12 game. And I don't just mean any Big 12 game. Give me the week one rematch of the Big 12 conference game in week. Give me week one. I, whatever the title game was last year, I want it in week one. I want it because that's what somebody, everybody's going to pay attention to. And I know fans are going to hate it. And I know nobody wants to start 0-1 to begin the season in conference play. And I get all of those things. But if you're trying to get younger, hipper, cooler, you're trying to build a brand, you're already kind of behind the eight ball of the Big Ten and the SEC, and you're battling against the Pac-12 and the ACC, who are on similar footing with you at this point, you got to do something actually bold and creative to try and stake your claim in something. Why not week zero and week one? The problem with that is that for the vast majority of week zero is you actually have to get special approval from the NCAA. Um, to be able to have your games then. And typically you have to have a really good reason. Either Hawaii's involved, or it's some other special thing happening for one of the smaller conferences, um, or you're playing overseas. 
So like it's going to require, if you're going to do something in week zero, they're going to have to get creative with locations or whatever it is they're going to do because otherwise it's not week zero anymore. Like the NCAA would just have to like open up an extra week and basically say everyone could start a week earlier, which I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to like having extra time built into the schedule. So you can have, you know, an extra bye week during the week, during the year works for me, but I think that that requires a, a entire sport change in order for you to routinely put something in week zero. As for week one, I, I do think that that's an interesting idea, like trying to kind of stake your claim of we are going to come up with a really, really big game or something to, to really kind of push us out there. The problem, again, with that is that you already have quite a few in terms of kickoff games, right, for you know, marquee matchups. And, and I realize we don't get them every single year, but if you're going to have like a marquee opener game, typically you're going to have like that Alabama, Texas is going to be like really early in the year, something to that effect. I, I don't know that the Big 12 can routinely get those gigantic games, especially since the schools themselves want to have the opportunity to get their feet wet, you know, to get, get, to get stuff under them before they jump into a super important game, either because it's a conference game or, it's a marquee non-conference opponent. So I like the idea. I do like how, you know, that it is a creative way to try to get your name out there. The problem is I think the only way you're going to get the conference to sign on is you either put, you know, a Northwestern uh, type of game, like, you know, Northwestern Nebraska game that sure people are somewhat excited about, but no one really cares about that game because nobody thinks either of those teams are going to actually be in the running for anything in the big 10. You know, like those are the games you're gonna have to get if if you want to be able to do that, and so you have to find a way to generate the excitement about that kind of game. Because I can tell you right now, if either of the teams that are that were in the title game the last season are even remotely thinking about going back, it's going to be a really tough sell to get those teams to play each other early in the year. Yeah, I mean, I know that from my perspective, you could not pay me enough to put Iowa State in a conference game week one. Because, I mean, we've seen what week one looks like <laughs> against a non-conference <laughs> opponent, boy. Don't put that evil on us. Like, keep that as far away from you as possible, given the implication here would be that we would be in the title game the previous year. I take that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Interesting idea. Like Indy said, tough sell. Uh, but yeah, you got You got to find something like you got to really start working on something kind of funky here. And I think that it seems like your mark is work looking in like kind of odd directions. And so the odds are that he is going to have some ideas and they are going to be really polarizing. I just don't know exactly what that might be. But the fact is, like, they have to move in a more innovative direction. He seems to be someone who wants to move in a more innovative direction. And there's a lot of people who are stuck far in the past as far as college athletics go. So I'm just intrigued to see how that kind of conflict will be managed because it's not only you know, the fans that have pushback on it, but you know that there'll be coaches and administration that come right out and say that they don't like a decision. Like, it's just, it'll be, it'll be intriguing to see kind of the direction that ends up going, but that'd be a, that'd be a tough, that, that particular idea would definitely be a tough tough sell. (laughs) And, And honestly, Philip, there's a reason why the two week two games that we've seen that were big 12 conference games, both featured Kansas. Because it's early games with a team that nobody expected to do anything. Um, so it was a whole lot easier to kind of sell that as a, hey, you've got to play nice and early. And I mean, Kansas has enjoyed it because it's a chance to try to surprise some people, try to do something, um, you know, and, and kind of use that as some momentum. It didn't work out very well for them against Baylor, um, obviously. And like they're hoping that it works out a whole lot better for them this year against West Virginia. But again, There is a reason why it is difficult to get those games scheduled that early in the year. I know it's not going to happen. I know it's unrealistic to expect it. I understand all those things. I do. It's just, there's a, there's the, here's my problem. Like I, I understand why coaches wouldn't like it. Okay. Um, But I have to view things from the, from a, a conference standpoint, because that's, 
even in the SEC, there's infighting, there's teams looking out for themselves, right? Sure, got it. Your job as an athletic director is to find the most success for your programs. That's your job. I'm not going to argue against that. I get it. Um, There does come a point where you have to try and get some buy-in from everybody to, you're all here. And you can think you have a shot at going somewhere else. Great. If that opportunity comes, go. Awesome. Until then, you have to do something to lift the conference as a whole. Because if you're only going to focus on you and you're going to fight against everybody else, well, congratulations. Now you're Texas. (laughs) And that has not worked well for the conference up to, like, that's just the reality. Like, and so as long as the rest of the athletic directors and the school presidents understand we have a new aide, we have a new commissioner, we want to give him the opportunity to do what's best for this conference, not fight when it doesn't just go our way. Sometimes you're going to lose battles and things aren't going to be the way you like them. That's just life in general. And I understand you're supposed to fight against those things because you have to do what's in the best interest of your school. But right now, what's in the best interest of everybody is to get the most money possible for this conference and for every school. And that's going to mean possibly taking some sacrifices where it may not be something you like particularly for your program. But if you want more money, you're going to have to buy it and go with it. And so at this point, it's what can we do to convince the network to pay more money? Is it giving you a week zero and a week one that no one else is going to give you? that actually makes us more valuable. We can talk about week one. Week one used to be awesome. Man, Andy, the last three, four years, week one might have a good game, but the best games on week one just don't match up to what the best games in week one were a decade or plus ago. They just they just don't. And that's more a well, reflection on... Yeah, co- I and mean, I don't. this isn't a shot at Big 12. It's just a reflection on college football. Everyone's trying to get away from having their big stuff week one. Nobody wants to do that. And I understand why. But there's so much excitement and... Half the Big 12 is playing an FCS team in week one. And I'm just like, I, like, I get it. But Oklahoma State is too. I wish they wouldn't either. Like, I, I don't want my school to do it. I, hey, look, the SEC is going to continue to get away with SoCon Saturday. Folks, you could learn something from SoCon Saturday. It benefits the SEC a lot when they do it instead of opening with an FCS opponent every year, which, well, we got to get our warm up so that we're not, you know, against the other teams, like you realize that they also would be opening week one against a power five opponent in you or having a week one opponent that they prepare. I don't the, some of the, the, the mind chess that goes on, I think in like coaches and uh, schedule planners minds just baffles me anyways. Okay. That's enough talking about that. I don't want to talk about week zero anymore. Again, there's no big 12 action this weekend. Uh, soccer, soccer is underway. Very excited for everybody. All the, all the big 12 soccer teams, uh, if you won this past weekend, congrats. If you didn't, I'm sorry. I don't remember who won. I know I'm not going to, I'm sorry. I'm not pulling up the big 12 schedule right now. It's not a shot at soccer. I just don't want to do that. Um, let's talk about some stuff from this past week and look ahead to the season. We're going to dive more into predictions on the season. Week one talk next week with the three of us, because we'll actually be week one of the season. And right now I just kind of want to have some conversations about a few things. Bijan's Dijon. We just, we have to. I'm sorry. Thank we, uh, goodness we, we got that in early. This gonna, might be we, the rest wanna, of the episode. This might be the rest of the episode. Look, we're seeing, uh, look, NIL, when done properly and at its finest, get us like the, the coldest ad for an uh, air conditioning oh, company. Oh, so good, bro. This is just absolutely beautiful. It gets us the uh, Kansas uh, player who caught the winning catch against Texas getting to do Applebee's commercials there in the in the area. That's uh, that's what NIL is supposed to be. I'm not. This is not a shot at inducement. Whatever. I don't care. But when NIL, when name and engine likeness is done the best way possible, it makes us all just smile like with our with our insides. And Bijan's Dijon mustard is just too stinking good. It'll break your math's ankles. I have to ask. I need to ask you guys. And I know that neither of you are what I would consider. Um, anatomical like experts where do you think the mouth ankle is located a little dangly thing in the back of your throat <laughs> that's a lot better than where i was gonna go now you know i was thinking it was your jaw um, oh, oh word that yeah that's a horrifying image frankly. right exactly that's a is that a threat <laughs> i'm gonna break your, this is gonna break your jaw i mean <laughs> I wish I was still like playing sports competitively because that'd be my new go-to trash talk. I'm about to break your, your mouth single. <laughs> I'll I'll share that with the team for this year. 
just oh in case gosh. anyone wants to wants to sprinkle that in. Yeah, you know, I mean, the 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 Bijan's uh, Dijon, uh, I guess, the whole push there is um, the other side of nil where it makes it great because just how cringeworthy it is. Like it is, if if you read the uh, the quote unquote story about how it came to be. It is one of the most ridiculous things, and yet that is like it's just as bad as some of the most ridiculous and hilarious, you know, origin stories of most products that you see. They're all cringeworthy because that they're supposed to be. Um, it is really, really strange, and I'm still having to wrap my head around how to like make that part of the sports world now because I, I guarantee we're going to see a whole lot more of these as we go on. I wish that I could just quit my job and be in product development for NIL products. Like if I could do, if I could, no, I really like my job, but I wish I could also do that. Like if you're, if you're an athlete out there and you want someone to look at you and say yes, and then help you make it happen, that would be me. I could look, you can convince me on anything. I think it's hilarious and people are going to buy it purely for like the, novelty factor of it and then if you happen to actually have a good product on top of it you're set but it's not even necessary like people are gonna just buy that to set it on their shelf but then if they hear their friends say no bro i opened it it's good i mean your opportunities are unlimited at that point shark tank here you come Wait, can uh, we make I, like a college version of Shark Tank? Oh, we should edit that, that out. That's most... too good of an idea to give away for free. Yeah, wait, crap. <laughs> it's like it's like the NIL version of Shark Tank. Yes, uh, we, we'd have to figure out yes. who our sharks are going to be. But uh, you're, it sounds like we're looking at them, pal. Like we we don't have money, but we've well, got right. a Twitter in, account. In order to be a shark, you have to have the money to invest. No, in it. I've got so. a thousand followers on Twitter. I stand behind that being enough. <laughs> that's awesome i'm gonna read some of this mustard stories a few things i thought were worth the, the first paragraph alone back on january 30th of 2002 when Bijan was born in a hospital by a doctor two things occurred to Bijan instantly upon being born one that the world is bright and lights can hurt your eyes when you've never seen them before and two, this purpose in this world would be to score touchdowns and score touchdowns. Bijan did i'm gonna fast forward the only place he hadn't scored a touchdown were his was his taste buds that's going to come back in just a minute because the best line in here, with the help of tw- top quality chefs, Bijan made a mustard that was so good it tasted like a touchdown. Folks, what does a taste, uh, what does a touchdown taste like? That because I assume it question. just tastes like grass and blood. Clearly, it like, tastes like success. You know what, though? I Please really want to know. What success tastes like. I it's really want to know if Philip. we're talking about. If we're talking about the taste of a touchdown, is the taste different depending on how that touchdown is scored? You know, is a return touchdown a lot, like, taste a lot different than, you know, a running That's touchdown up the gut? Edson of the line. That's when he goes into honey mustard, stone ground mustard, <laughs> traditional yellow mustard. I, I need a commercial for this of him scoring a touchdown. <laughs> Pulling a bottle out from his like oh, jersey, yeah. putting it on the the football, and then just taking a bite. Like that's the commercial I need. That's good. Running on social, but it t- tastes like a touchdown. Except, except because Bijan is going to be in the NFL, and doing something like that with a prop would get him a flag. What he really needs to do is have the ref throw the flag in the commercial, and he takes it and dips that in the mustard, and then eats it, and talks about how great it makes it oh, taste. So good. Or the or he throws the flag and the flag flies to the air and turns lands into on the a, football, transforms into oh, the mustard. Who knew? We gotta we the, gotta get in touch with his people, bro. Yeah, we need to like get in touch with his people and pitch this as you know for his commercial idea. This is this is insane. Who I knew that think- us returning on the Ten Twelve podcast was going to be a pitch sec a pitch session for advertising for Bijan Dijon like, Mustard? I thought I got away from this when I left work for the day. <laughs> I did not no. sign up for this on the podcast. Of course you no, did. You, I, you I are the chaos know. agent after all, Jamie. That's true. I want to know if he actually likes Dijon mustard because clearly it's just a play on his name. Like, 
does like does he actually eat Dijon mustard? And also, who's next as far as being able to make a play on their name? Yeah, I was gonna put like a, a perfect list together so we could play off of that question, and I have not done so, so I don't have every roster in front of me. We're gonna figure some of that out. This is gonna be we we have to talk some nil throughout the season. Uh, we need to do a taste test as well. Now I don't like mustard, so I'm I love mustard. Perfect. So we need to get Andy and Jamie a bottle of this. I have asked uh, Megan and Rocky, the host of our Texas podcast, Fire the Cannon, if they will do a taste test. Uh, I believe that uh, Megan and Rocky's husband will probably do it on the show at some time in the near future because it makes sense that they would do Bijan's mustard uh, as a taste test. We also need to try some of the other Big 12 stuff. Obviously, they have official uh, products. They've got an official watch brand. Don't ask me what it is. I didn't look it up. they got an official grocer, which I think is Aldi. I think that's right. I it's, love I Aldi. Aldi. Who doesn't like Aldi? I do like all my grocery shopping. Names. Sorry, just the energy that Jamie brought to that was amazing. I, I passionately Hi. really like Aldi. Yeah. It's got uh, good official deals. beef I'm jerky cheap. with with trappers, which apparently had lots of big toe media days. The one year I miss, and they're handing out beef jerky like free. Come on, that's not fair. And that, uh, I mean, that's like a, your cost of admission right there. Beef jerky so expensive. And of course, they have official seltzer now with the the Sonic seltzers is now an official thing. I have tasted those before. Um, they're Honestly, fine. Philip, I'm not I was a, a big disa- seltzer person. I was a little disappointed that you didn't make a bigger deal about that being the official seltzer of the Big 12. Well, they didn't want to advertise with us. So, <laughs> you know what? Here we are. Next, next alcoholic beverage that wants to advertise with us uh, can do so. Um Speaking of official alcoholic beverages, Oklahoma State has an official beer now uh, with Iron Monk is a brewery there in Stillwater. They have a brewed an official with the Pistol Pete logo on the can beer. Uh, and if you think I'm not going to get some when I'm visiting family in Oklahoma, um, you're wrong because I will. I'll buy lots of it and I'll get some more Sonic Seltzers just to be a, a supporter of the Big 12 Conference and try to make sure we get some more money for our teams. Um Andy, I know that, that that's not your thing. Jamie, what are you more intrigued by? The Sonic Seltzers, which come in multiple different flavors, uh, which are all essentially supposed to be Sonic beverages that you uh, know and love, like Cherry Limeade. Or do you want to try the uh, nice, crisp uh, Oklahoma State uh, branded, I think it's, uh, I forget the name of the beer, but from Iron Monk. Which one are you more interested in here? Oh, 100% seltzer. I, I drink seltzer. I don't drink beer. I drink I drink a fruity sour beer that doesn't taste like beer. Uh, that's, that's as far as I go. Mm-mm. All I want to know is when is Bushlight going to become the official beer of Iowa State? I mean, tech, technically, yeah, because unofficially. It's right, right. Done. The official, right. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, it, it helped if they like sold booze at events. Do they still not? Nah, bro. <laughs> Wait, wait, I, it, okay. blows, it wait. blows my mind. Here's here's the question, though, Philip. With how much people drink before they come into the stadium, like, why do they need to sell it there? Everyone's no, <laughs> straight up, like, it's actually so much better for people because they they like on a very serious note, people will like binge before they go into a game, knowing they can't get out in there. Like stadiums that start selling alcohol, I believe. Don't quote me on this. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but anecdotally, I've heard that it's less bonkers if you like sell inside because people don't binge as much out in the parking lot. Yep. And they're expensive inside, so you don't drink quite as much. Uh, look, I'm, I like when you have local breweries that are allowed to sell inside. Like, again, Iron Monk and Stillwater, you get Stilly Wheat. I don't love wheat beer, but I love Stilly Wheat, and I will drink it. And that is not a product placement. They do not advertise for us either. <clears throat> hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Uh, speaking of official school beers, so I had a bunch of Houston fans hit us up and be like, hey, Eighth Wonder Brewery also has one. They've got a Cougar Paw. So if there's any Houston fans listening and um, would like to send me a couple of six-packs in a box, uh, our DMs are open. Uh, you can do so. Uh, just when you get to the the post office and they ask, is there anything flammable, breakable, or liquid in here? You say no, and then you mail it. Wait, did you know? I didn't, wait. Sonic is, the hard seltzers are available everywhere? Uh, Lots of places now. They're they're not, they're right, they're in my town. I just looked it up. I can't believe it. I thought they were like Mountain Dew where they only went select places. One of the places wasn't Iowa because we've had those for a while too. 
Sounds like we know that Jamie's going on a seltzer run after the uh, podcast is done. All right, Jamie. Week at post week one uh, show, you and I we're going to do some taste tests live on the show. I am not against product placement in the hopes that they will give us money. Uh, I I like money. Money is good. Hold on, I had some stuff written down. I had notes written down. Let's see. Uh, Okay. We we uh, uh, burned those notes a long time ago, Philip. Come on. <laughs> I look. I I write intros and notes now. Like I am trying to be more professional, less of just a jack wagon guy who gets on here and and rants and vents. That's why the people that's what's love us today? Yeah, I think that's why they do all of them. Um, I think that uh, this past couple weeks has confirmed one thing for me. Um, above all else, that the Big Twelve is the most online conference of fans in all of college athletics. There is no conference whose fan bases are more online than the Big 12. And if the Fox college football Twitter poll, and you know what? I don't want to hear about how you're not on Twitter. That's your fault. Uh, is now down to the Elite Eight. And the entire Elite Eight is current or future Big 12 schools. Everybody else is gone. Even Ohio State losing to Iowa State after someone, some bot or bot, someone bought like 10,000 bot votes to try and give themselves a lead. And Iowa State was still like, nah, what? bro. 10,000 Ohio State votes showed up within an hour. That. Like in one hour, they went from, they just gained 10,000 votes. Should That's I walk around and talk trash when I go to Ohio State week one? Most visit definitely. my family? <laughs> yes, yes. Talk about the Buckeye bot army um, that dead. Iowa State was able to beat. The, we've, Iowa State's always been the most online fan base in the Big 12. They have owned that for quite some time. I mean that both as a compliment and as some how you are also chronically yeah. online. Exactly. Yeah, very much. Hey, there's a reason I always joke that Iowa State would win a, a Twitter poll for if you included them in who has the best college baseball team. Um, they don't have a college baseball team. That's the joke, yeah. folks. No one beats the Cyclones in an online poll without either a bot army or weaponizing the Hawkeye fan base, which is still only going to get you like 17 votes. But (laughs) one thing that's happened over the last year, since OU and Texas announced they were leaving the Big 12 and media members like Stu Mandel of The Athletic and others, now Iowa State is no longer the lone loud voice for the Big 12. Texas Tech and Kansas State have become very, very online as of late. And maybe it's just that they've started initiating... Talking to the 1012 network more than they used to, but we're getting a lot of them. It's look very, very online. And I and I mean that both as like guys find another hobby, but also from sorry, folks, not guys, because they're uh, very, very loud women on Twitter as well. <clears throat> JSJ. But oh stop. <laughs> she takes that as a compliment, Philip. Come on. This is this is so much a response to Every Big 12 fan outside of OU in Texas having to hear the remaining eight, the hateful eight or whatever nickname you want to throw at us, having to hear about how crap our conference was last year after they announced that Oklahoma and Texas were leaving, that you have weaponized the entire remaining eight Big 12 school fan bases into very annoying people on the internet. And I both wear that as a badge of honor and sometimes wonder if I should have been a fan of like the Mountain West instead. But I'm, I'm kidding. Although I do like Boise State. I'm weirdly proud of this. I don't I don't know if I should be, and I'm not sure if it means anything. Like it doesn't mean that fans are going to watch games on TV more or show up to them more, but you you kind of have to hope that maybe even though it's just a silly Twitter poll that everyone will forget about once week 1 actually arrives, does it actually mean anything good for the Big 12 that we're at least this engaged after everything that went on in the last 365 days? I mean, it's always good to show that your fan bases care, right? And that they are engaged in kind of everything that's going on. The real question, though, is how much does it move the needle on anything? Um, You know, I I do think as we get more and more involved and and get further down the line, that online is going to become more important. But is it ever going to compete with, you know, eyeballs on televisions or eyeballs on streaming services like how how much does that translate right in terms of a hey you have a very online fan base does that really help with streaming numbers and if that's the case if you can make that kind of connection um then theoretically it could help quite a bit especially as more and more sports goes to streaming the real question though is how do you get those numbers to really show that i I don't think it can be a bad thing to have your fan base online i just don't know how much it's actually going to move the needle 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's more a question of how indicative is engagement of like a wider engagement because I mean, certainly having high engagement on social media is has positives in its own right as far as like attracting title sponsors for your school and for the conference like that helps a lot. And so if you think about it as like extrapolating to okay, well, we have more investment, we have more capital, we have more improvements, you know, it, it can certainly, like you said, Andy, like it doesn't hurt. That's for sure. It's just about how directly it can translate into like greater successes into different kinds of engagement, you know, from going from social media to actual viewership and things like that. But I do think that like, if you were to ask me my opinion I would I would think that it would you know there's plenty of people who maybe are unaffiliated with a team or maybe don't have a really strong connection or maybe are really engaged with sports and are someone who like to follow multiple teams and so if you've got good social media presence you can give them good stories from the school as a whole from teams from individual players and you can certainly pull in some eyes that way it's just about having effective presence uh, speaking of being online, we are, of course, on Twitter at 1012network, T-E-N number 12, the word network, on Instagram at 1012pod. Also online is the good brand themselves, Homefield Apparel. Folks, it is it is sad news today as we learn that Big New Saturday has officially come to a close. There will be no Season 5. Big New Saturday is done. Props to Kansas State. Props to Iman, the Wildcats. They are officially, for all time, the number four best-selling Big New Saturday school Ever. Ohio State, I think, basically... Ohio State finished behind them in fifth. So, congratulations, Kansas State. You sold more home field apparel than Ohio State did. You trailed only Penn State, Florida, and Georgia. That is nothing to feel bad about. You also beat South Carolina. But as I mentioned, Ohio State, Washington. Congrats to Cincinnati for also finishing the top 20. West Virginia in there as well. Kansas towards the back, but still top 20. Congrats to Kansas. Big news Saturday is over, but that doesn't mean... The home field won't continue to provide us with updates for our glorious Big 12 schools, of which they have every single one at home field apparel. If you're a Big 12 fan, current and future, that includes schools that might be in the Big 12 in the future after a conference out west doesn't exist anymore in about 10 years. Big, hey, Big 10's contracted for seven years. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, poke, poke, wink, wink. Don't forget. You can go to Homefield Apparel, and you should do it now because the season's almost here, and if you want to be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel anybody has anywhere, you need to go and make your purchase now. Now, today, folks, do not wait. Don't be like, well, payday's coming up. It's fine. Just take out a payday loan. It's totally worth it. You'll get it paid off. You need to make sure that your closet is stocked full of Homefield Apparel. Uh, we'll be doing a shirt of the week every week, and that shirt of the week will be determined entirely based off of a Twitter poll uh, from what I have in my drawer. I'm not giving it away. You're just going to decide which shirt I wear on Saturdays. I know you've gotten all excited. Homefieldapparel.com. Of course, they're on Twitter. And you can use our promo code NETWORK12 for 15% off your first order. NETWORK12, 15% off your first order. Every show in the network has a promo code. So if you like, let's say, I don't know, Andy Show, Rock Chalk Podcast, or Jamie Show, Cyclone Family Podcast, or our OSU Show, Feels Like 45, everyone's got one. Go listen to an episode, get their promo code. You can use theirs for 15% off your first order as well. Uh, but if you're lazy and you just want to use mine real quick, Network 12 will also get you the same deal on the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will ever wear. It's the kind of stuff everyone around you will be like, where'd you get that shirt? And then don't forget to remind them of the promo code. And not just college anymore. Very soon. The Colts, the freaking Indianapolis Colts, they're going pro. Homefield's going pro. I'm not sure how I feel about this. I feel like it's like when, uh, it's almost like when you first find out about a band and then everybody else gets to find out because they're on the radio and you're like, get your own thing, NFL. You don't need Homefield. You've got other sources for your stuff. Go away. Leave our college football and college athletics things to us, okay? You can have pro field or whatever nonsense somebody would knock off for pro sports. Um, also, legal disclaimer, uh, Philip, the 1012 podcast, the entirety of the 1012 network and home field apparel does not necessarily condone the use of a payday loan to go and feed your home field habit. Um, Our next however, read. <laughs> yeah, we are not. <laughs> no, unfortunately for you, if if you do follow that advice and go do that, we you you cannot hold us responsible for anything that comes out of that. So. 
You're welcome, Philip. Yeah, you, you make your own choices in life. I am not held responsible for them. Jamie um, Steyer Johnson, payday loans. No, open <laughs> for business via Twitter. I'll shoot you a Venmo. Just DM her and she'll she'll hook you up. It's also a lie. Don't ask me for money. I don't have any. Checks in the mail. for the 2022 season it's the rvk we're coming at you two ways on two days it's monday and thursday jeremy jn fiend phoenix and me brandon phoenix aka i also hate pit we are the raspy voice kids we are the raspy voice kids podcast you get pop culture monday at 7 a.m you get the west virginia university podcast Thursdays at 7 a.m. Either way, no matter what we say, you're going to have fun. So, like we like to tell you, get at your boys. Are you a parent listening to this podcast with a child at home, either in middle school or high school, already thinking about college planning, scholarships, or dreaming of them playing sports in college? Do you know a high school or middle school athlete who wants to go and play in college? Whether it's D1, D2, D3, or just they're not even sure they just want to keep playing during college. Well, let us introduce you to one of our friends of the podcast and a company who is an expert in the world of college recruiting, Recruit Route. Led by our friend Brian Bedford, a 25-year veteran of recruiting and former D1 recruiting director, Recruit Route offers a full suite of offerings to help student-athletes, parents, and high school coaches be better educated and empowered to successfully navigate the college recruiting process. Check out our friends at recruit-route.com. That's recruit-route.com. Don't forget, run your route in recruiting with Recruit Route. We don't know what the uh, Big 12 football schedule is going to look like next season when the four new schools arrive because the athletic directors still can't seem to come to terms on any sort of agreement. <clears throat> the 1012 podcast and 1012 network official stance on this is that no freaking divisions. You old morons who are still hung up on it because you have to have BYU on your schedule. <clears throat> Athletic director in the North. Um, Kansas State Athletic Director Gene Taylor was recently on the Bosco Boys podcast. Love them. Great Kansas State show. Say that no consensus had come during their last meeting uh, with the ADs on the future football scheduling, and it'll get pushed to October. Uh, they're still pushed by some for divisions. As I mentioned, you know how we feel about divisions. Over on the hoop side, we do know they are not going to stick with the round robin anymore. We're going to keep with 18-game conference schedule. You're going to have some certain ones that you play home and homes with and some that you rotate through. However, not everyone agrees with this decision. TCU head coach Jamie Dixon uh, went on John Rothstein's uh, podcast. I think it's College Hoops Today. I forget the name of it. Forgive me. But you can find John Rothstein. He's the guy at the beginning of March every year always tweets out the, uh, the Heath Ledger Joker gif. And here we go. That's his whole shtick. Anyways, uh, Jamie Dixon believes that we should stick with the round robin. I'm just going to say this because um, I know some people think like that would be cool. You guys realize that for two years, that would be 14 teams. That would be 28 conference games of what is typically a, let's see, 18 plus 13 is math. I don't like doing 31, uh, 24 out of 31. You wouldn't leave yourself much wriggle room for two years with Oklahoma and Texas still in the conference. And then you'd go to 12 and 12 is 24. 28. So wait, 28 for two years. 28 conference games for two years. 28 conference games in a 31 you only play game schedule. The other teams. You'd you'd play three non-conference games. Mm. Ah, right, yes. right. So right. so you would in a get full the full 14 uh, team round. Robin, so so you'd, you'd get the Big East Big 12 challenge, and you'd get the SEC Big 12 challenge, no. and then you uh, would you would all follow Texas and Texas Tech's non-conference scheduling philosophy, and make sure it's three teams that are close to home you can beat by 40, and then you play conference games. That'd be so terrible, wouldn't it? Well, plus, I mean, you got to think about like even the other aspects of it, like think about what you do during the non-conference. You've got your travel tournament. You've got, you know, sometimes Thanksgiving, sometimes Christmas time, you'll travel for something like you lose the opportunity to do almost any of those things that are exciting to your fans who are able to travel. They're exciting for your play. Like it's, it's literally in no way feasible. Like I get what he's saying. Like, yeah, the round robin has been really great, but it's, it's just not possible sorry it's it unfortunate but like it's just simply not possible it would be 28 because you don't play yourself so at 14 teams you play 26 so it'd be 26 okay so right so big 12 sc challenge oh. but, you know. <laughs> no but no but Texas no honestly, Corpus Christi. Uh, there is a reason 
why even the SEC is not, you know, as, you know, we are the best and the only conference that matters in college football, why they would never think about only playing themselves because it does not do you any favors, even if you supposedly are the best conference. So, um, yeah, once we get to the point where that basically means all you're doing is playing Big 12 teams, it's just not worth it because then you don't have the opportunity to show everybody else how good you are in those non-conference games because all you're doing is playing yourself. Well, and it's like an easy thing to just say without going into the logistics of what that actually means. Like, I obviously didn't listen to the whole thing, but to me, if you go into like the implications of what that means about what you give up on your schedule, it just doesn't seem like a defensible position. Although it does bring up the interesting idea of, you know, back-to-back basketball, football games on the same weekend. No, it was it was completely I'm, a joke, Philip. You really don't need to react to it. I understand why some people think that, look, the Big Ten plays 20 conference games, right? They play 20. Um, they don't even play a full round-robin schedule. And so I know that even 22 doesn't – so it's only four more conference games, 22. Again, you play a 30 – typically a 31-game schedule in the regular season. You would leave yourself nine con- non-conference games. So if you're okay with the idea of nine – literally – sorry, I know this is a cheap shot, but unless you just want to follow the Chris Beard non-conference scheduling philosophy for your entire non-conference, that's what you would get November and December for the most part is how many awful teams in the RPI 200 through – nah, that's too generous. 300 to 331 can I get on the non-conference schedule before I play the Big 12 slate? That's all you get. That's not fun. Like, I love playing Big 12 games. Big 12 games are awesome. But I also won a few non-conference games. And can I just point out that I'm um, this trend of more and more MTE games, because it's like a cheating way of playing a lower-level team, but getting them in a neutral site that's close to home to kind of boost what games show up as a, a net one or net two that should typically be a net three or net four. Like, I get it, but I'm really sick of it for fans who, let me buy conf- like season tickets to play uh to go to norman and then also have to go to a couple games in tulsa and a couple games here and a couple of games there sorry if you don't use an example because that's been a f- scheduling philosophy they've had for a few years i don't i like the whole net ranking but some of this f- scheduling philosophy that's coming from it that i've noticed more and more i'm not a big fan of uh okay let's wrap on this again college football games coming up soon we're gonna have plenty of those to talk about very exciting about it but I ran a Twitter poll. Uh, <clears throat> man, we talk a lot about Twitter. Again, most online fan base in the in conference sports. Because I've been thinking a lot about football is obviously king. Football makes you the most money. It's the sport everybody's going to talk about the most, right? Then we're going to follow it up with men's basketball. Um, the SEC trying to screw with March Madness. Uh, Sankey, stick to football and stay away from basketball. Let the big let the big boys like the Big 12 and the ACC handle that. You guys stick to whatever you do. Um, but if you... If you look around the country, everyone's third sport, or a lot of conferences' third sport. We're talking FBS here because I know Kelly Ford's going to be like, well, not everyone's primary sport is football. I'm like, well, I'm not talking D2 and D3, Kelly. Okay. I love you, man. Go make sure you follow K Ford ratings. But everyone's third sport is different. The Big Ten, most everybody thinks it's baseball. Big Ten is wrestling. They treat wrestling like it is almost as important as men's basketball because of how successful they have been as a conference, how much they've invested in it, the time of year that it is played, how many freaking recruits they have that are so good in their area. Every conference is different on what sport they view as the most important after football and basketball. As a conference, where are you investing your resources into? Which one are you putting in your TV contracts to get more games on ESPN or ESPN2 or ESPNU. And this came to mind because the Big 12 announced the the nationally televised games for volleyball and soccer. And soccer only had two on ESPNU. The entire season, there's two ESPNU games. And volleyball, I think, had like seven or eight. And so it got my brain turning of when I say the Big 12 should should treat a, a sport as its number three, I mean when you put the kind of contracts together. When you decide where you're going to spend your money investing on promotion of a sport, one where you as a conference are all going to agree, this is the one we all think we want to spend our money on. When the SEC got really good at football, that's all they spent money on. Everybody said, we don't care about basketball, we don't care about anything else, we're just going to spend money on football. And they did, and they got good at it. And now they have shitloads of money, so they spend it on other things like baseball and softball where they are really good. So as the Big 12, you're going to take a hit, you're not going to have as much money, you're going to put all your focus on football, a lot of it, and you're going to continue to be the best men's basketball conference in the country. What should be sport number three? 
what should be the third sport you treat as the one that you really put a lot of emphasis in? I know everyone as a school is going to kind of have different philosophies on that, but what is the one as a conference that you and the presidents and the, and the ADs kind of come together and say, we're all going to spend our money on this. We're all going to put time investing in this. We want to be good at everything, but this is that third sport where we really, really want to put the most emphasis on. For you guys, what do you think it should be? And then what, or maybe what do you think it is right now? And what do you think it should be? Um, it's hard, right? Because I think most of the ones you would think of, either not everybody has a team for that, or it's difficult, I think, to... Like, softball is the one that comes to mind as the one that is probably right now, just because everybody has a team. You know, Oklahoma's been so dang good. Or Actually, I take that back. I may, I may not be correct there. Yeah, never mind. Like um, seven teams. Yeah, you're right. I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking about the fact that, that Iowa State doesn't have a baseball team, so it obviously can't be baseball. But you know what? I like softball is kind of in the same boat. So, um, so okay. So restart, rewind, whatever. Not everybody has a team, so it's really hard, right, to make that your third. Um, you know, it's difficult because women's basketball, I think, is kind of the one that makes the most sense because there everybody does have a team. It, you already are a really good basketball conference on the men's side. You're honestly a, I think, highly underrated basketball conference on the women's side as well. And you can really push there. I do feel like it needs to be probably a women's sport, especially given the increased focus on women's sports recently, you know, with kind of everything going on with the, with the women's NCAA tournament and all of that. Like it's a good opportunity, even if, even if, uh, you know, that's not the one you think you're third best at to capitalize on that. And I realize that that's a very cynical view of like why you would make that your, your third sport. But I think there's plenty of sports that the big 12 is good at on the women's side that don't get any exposure right now and really need to start getting some exposure. Um, I think soccer is a, a good possibility. Um, but honestly, I think the sneaky one that, that a lot of people aren't thinking about would be women's volleyball. I think there are a lot of really good volleyball programs in the big 12. Um, and a lot of volleyball programs that have recent success, but then also a history of success over a long period of time that I think it would be a really good one for them to go ahead and throw their support behind. Volleyball is so fun to watch. I love volleyball. Obviously that's not my answer, but I love volleyball. I think they should, I think they should push it a lot. I think they should support it. And that's the thing is like, I'll, I'll fully acknowledge, like there's obviously no way for me to come at this question objectively because I only could have one answer. I could look at all the metrics and do a deep statistical analysis on it. And I still would only have one answer, which is obviously women's basketball. Like to me, it's a combination of Andy actually hit on a bunch of points that I was going to mention as well. Like it's like ethically, like you, you have to promote a women's sport. Like you can't just say like, oh yeah, like it just is what it is. You know, we, we put all our focus on football and then a, a distant second is men's basketball. And, and like, we're not even going to pretend to care all about women's sports. Like, yeah, historically people have really been able to just like get away with that. Um, and finally, there's like a little bit of recognition that maybe that's not like, an ideal way of running things uh, and maybe people shouldn't just be able to get away with doing that as like an institution and as a society so yeah like it's kind of high time to promote some women's sports uh women's basketball obviously has like a little bit of a like up on the other women's sports just like it just has a better viewership already built in it has a better attendance across all women's sports uh, I, I know softball is like really kind of popped off lately too but it's just kind of a different situation like it's just not as widespread um and and also it's one of those things where you have to look at it as far as your investment goes like you have to th- I it's hard to look at like what's happened in the past five to ten years and say that like there's not a pretty good chance of your investment being pretty worth it just with like how dramatic the increase has been in in attention in eyes in um you know really all of those kind of metrics like you you have to think that like you're kind of on the precipice of if you put in if you just continue to up your investment 
the return has been there and probably will continue to be there. Like it's finally kind of getting recognized as a pretty good product. So, I mean, yeah, like I said, I'm obviously not objective in any way, shape or form, but just what I've seen, like from when I was a teenager to like now is so night and day. And even then you're still getting like all of these systemic inequalities and like the consistent undervaluation of women's sports in particular women's basketball like keeps coming to light you know you think about when media rights finally get renegotiated on an NCAA level like women's basketball has been found to be way way undervalued and so if you as a conference say hey we're going to put this investment and you look at the SEC like they've put huge investment well I don't know on the conference level if they have but I know SEC schools have and it pays off for them. So if you can look at that and say, well, hey, we think we have a, a shot at being competitive on that level. I mean, why would you not give it a shot? Because you don't have to invest as much as you do in men's basketball or football in order to make that big of a difference in the program. So ran the poll, baseball won the poll, and I get why. Um, let me Let me kind of... Let me do this from a, let's treat all things equal. Okay. I don't care about if it's women's or men's. Let's just look at all the sports aside from football and men's basketball. Sorry, but that's how we're going to talk about it aside. Um, love the soccer. I love women's soccer. I love watching big 12 soccer. It's a lot of fun. You're going to have a hard time talking about a sport that's becoming more popular, but it runs at the same time as college football and pushing it heavily when all the attention is going to be on college football. So any other fall sport, I think you're going to have a hard time with. Baseball, there's no football, there's no basketball, it's over, so you're heading into baseball season. And the Big 12 is a conference that hits best teams. You're losing Texas, and you're losing Oklahoma, but you're keeping TCU, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State, who are consistent perennial postseason teams who make deep runs. So talking about return on investment, it's what sports can we invest in where we're also going to see our teams have national success so that when eyes are on that sport, we're continuing to be really good at the top. Baseball makes a lot of sense. Softball's problem is it has seven teams right now. Um, yes, you're bringing in three more, but the two you're losing are Oklahoma and Texas. And you're going to be hard-pressed, even if Oklahoma State continues to be as good as they are, if UCF continues to develop, you're going to be hard-pressed investing in softball in that way. Now, I still think the Big 12 should continue to push softball, even when Oklahoma and Texas leave. I love softball. It's fantastic. I can't wait for my girls to be old enough to play. Uh, their mom will be coaching them, and I will be on the stands every freaking game and practice being an obnoxious fan dad. Rocking my girl dad shirt. I don't care. I'm wearing it right now. What's up? Mm-hmm. Um, women's basketball, I think, is the answer. And I get baseball. Because of all the sports where you look at Oklahoma and Texas leaving. I like volleyball. It too is nine teams, just like baseball is. Oklahoma State doesn't have volleyball. You're losing Texas. Baylor is still really good, but there's no one else who's not quite on that level. You look at basketball. Texas has been a good program, but they're not the best program in the Big 12. I don't. I think you can make a case that they're third or fourth. Oklahoma had their run a while back. They've been middle of the pack to lower end, back end of the conference. You're not losing two teams who are sitting here dominating the conference or sitting top three or four every single year. Your best teams on the women's side are sticking around. And you look at the teams that you're adding, and I'll be honest, Jamie, I would ask your opinion more on BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF, and if they are good in women's basketball. I don't know how much that's something they've invested in. But if you look at the conference and who's sticking around, I think you have I think you have the most talent, the most nationally relevant programs at the top still after Oklahoma and Texas leave. Now I get it. Everything changes. New teams are going to rise to the top in every sport to fill that vacuum. But you feel like day one, once Oklahoma and Texas leave, the women's basketball in the Big 12 is going to remain the strongest of sports that I think the most people, not just fans of each team, the most people pay attention to. Yeah, and I mean, they're a good four addition. I mean, at least BYU, solid, like pretty solid top 25, a good chunk of last year. UCF has been, uh, lost their coach, but like have gotten enough relevance of going to the Big 12. I don't recall who they hired, but I'm sure it was solid because uh, I don't recall it being terrible. Cincinnati and Houston have had moments, nothing like major, but it's, it's certainly not bad. I'm going to mispronounce her first name. 
if I try and pronounce it because I don't see a pronouncer. Um, Satya, S-Y-T-I-A. Oh my gosh, yes, they hired Satya. She's an amazing hire. She was like a huge chunk of Kim Mulkey's success. Like she's like right-hand woman to Kim Mulkey, like followed her from Baylor to LSU. Like that was an amazing hire. I can't believe I forgot that's who it was. She's amazing. Yeah, she was at Baylor from 2014 to 2021, was at LSU last year. Now she's the, she will, 2022 will be her first season as the head coach at UCF. So uh, we'll see what she did does there. She had three seasons as the head coach of Tennessee Tech, and and she did, you know, she did pretty well. 54 and 41 record overall. Her players uh, love her too. That's huge. There you go. So very nice hire for UCF. I, I, I think women's basketball is the right answer. I hate that it's having, it's going to have to compete with men's basketball. Like you almost want to find something that can have its own time of year. But I just, I think it's the right answer because I think it is the one where you're most set up for immediate success because all this thought process has to be looking forward to the future after OU and Texas leave and the four schools come in. It's why I can't say softball. As much as I love softball, I want that to be the answer. Once OU and Texas leave, you're, you're too Arguably your two best, your number one best program is gone. You're at worst second or third. And then you have other programs that have had success in the past, but are kind of meh right now. And I love Iowa state. And I love what Jamie Pinkerton does. And I, I think Baylor is really good. We'll see if Texas tech can get things figured out. But, and, and again, fall sports, I have a problem wrestling. You just don't, I mean, it's, it's West Virginia, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma, Iowa state. Like there's just, there's not enough, not weird, not Big 12 schools. So much involved. of it is purely logistic. So now if they add women's wrestling, I'm going to um, pound the table for that to have a lot of investment. <clears throat> Come on, OSU. Just just pull the freaking cord. Do it. All right. This has been a fantastic first episode back because I don't think we've talked about anything non-just random. And um, I kind of feel good about getting that out of my system before we have to like, actually talk about football which I'm very excited to do. We'll talk about like, who's your favorite quarterback? What are your projections? Blah, 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 blah. We got week one to do that next week. Okay. Um, Wait, you, you mean, awesome. you just... mean the notes didn't keep us on task? Actually, I we actually didn't hit... get really off the notes is, is the best part. This was the plan. Philip acts like it wasn't. Everything that was in my notes was talked about, except for the fact that Kansas is adding sports betting in September, just in time for college football. Yeah, they are. It's but. awesome. So there. And OU making tailgating uh, something for only rich, boring people who don't actually like to tailgate. Boo. Shame on you, OU. I, I thought that's the way it always was in OU. No, no. It's no, like this is, this is, we can make jokes about it, but this is like, this is. That, that was the entire Lindsay. point. It was a joke, Philip. Come on. <laughs> I'm out of jokes. I'm done joking around. This is serious business. I've now never been out of jokes show. my entire life. No, I believe that. What a joke. JSJ. We are the 1012 Podcast, part of the 1012 Network. Go to 1012network.com. You will find links to all 11 shows in the network. We are heavily focused on uh, school-specific shows. We are just four schools shy. We are working on them. I think we should have a new school to announce, if not next week, then the week after. It better be next week if everybody gets their stuff into me that I need from them. (sighs) Managing a network is a lot of work, people. I love every minute of it but it's a lot of work. Uh, 1012 Network on Twitter. Jamie Steyer Johnson, J-S-J herself, J-Styes, S-T-E-Y-Z, on Twitter. And of course, the Cyclone Family Podcast, which you have a new episode coming out on Monday as well. Yes. I'm not going to give it, I'm not giving anything away. Just, you have a new co-host. Everybody tune in. Go check it out. You'll be very excited. Of course, Andy Mitz. Andy, what is your Twitter account now? Like, I feel like I've, you've had three different personal accounts and I get very No, it's been Andy Mitz 12 for quite a while. I, I had one oh, yeah. from a long time ago that got locked, and so I started the new one, and it's been that new one ever since. I never went back to the old one when they finally gave it back to me. Oh, good. They gave it back. That's nice. Of course, that was the Rock Chalk Podcast, part of the 1012 Network as well. Go and check it out. Uh, I think have – I, have I mentioned every show here? I th- Raspy Voice Kids for West Virginia, Sons of UCF for you know UCF, uh, Feels Like 45 for Oklahoma State, Tortillas and Tanks for Texas Tech. Between Two Bears for Baylor. Thank you. Midwest Madness, who is currently our basketball show, looking for a new host. If anybody is interested or uh, would like to talk about it, let me know. Oh, if there's always that forgotten child. When you have this many, someone's got to fall through the it's cracks. Gonna, it's going to be better for uh, 
our engagement when the forgotten one roasts us on Twitter. So that would inquire what the hosts actually listen to. This well, show. but wait, so, okay. so someone will tell them. I was to say, was there another one you forgot other than Scott and Holman podcast? Oh, that's the one. Uh, mm. Poor Houston boys. It's at uh, least somewhat excusable because they're not officially in the conference yet, but they also have been with us for quite a while, Philip. So come on. What have. are you doing? I will say this. I will say this. Um, I promise if you are a UCF, Houston, BYU, or Cincinnati fan, we are going to talk more about your schools during this football season. Uh, we will have Daniel and Chris for a kind of just – Intro week zero conversation this Thursday. We're back to two episodes a week. We'll make actual week one picks the following week, and we will be picking UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU games every week, as well as the current Big 12. That is the way we're going to be doing for our picks pod because it's time to incorporate you guys in even more. Uh, so, yes, Andy and Jamie, don't forget, we did do our uh, – we'll talk – we'll we'll bring up the draft next week. Oh, yeah. We'll bring up the draft in our teams. Oh, yeah. I oh, yeah, kind of forgot yeah. about those. Whoops. Look, it's like uh, the last episode we all did been, together. Yeah, it's been yeah, like a yeah, long couple exactly. months. A lot has happened since then, so I think it's a little bit. I got excusable. five stitches and I got them removed. I, I had a third kid. Mine yeah. was so much more important. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, Philip's wife's gonna have a lot of fun with that one. She doesn't listen to the show either. She's wonderful. Your children are wonderful. Yeah, they're all beautiful angels, and they're all sleeping. All right. Let's wrap it up. We will be back with these two uh, knuckleheads next week. Uh, You guys have been awesome. We will talk to you again on Thursday. Podcast Network.